Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what today is. It is a most host Wednesday. So that can only mean one thing. Yours truly, Arthemos, will be leading today's shift. And my partner in crime, my trusted co-host, Mr. Wesley Euler, will be here with me. Man, I am super excited about this. So sit back, relax, and get ready to enjoy some amazing Steelers content right here on Steelers Nation Radio. But first off, my great-haired colleague, the one that I miss oh so much. How the heck have you been? I'm good, partner. Yeah, I miss you as well, too, but thanks to this, uh, I guess, magic of of technology and Zoom and everything, mm-hmm. we still get to pull this off. We still get to look at each other's beautiful mugs here, at least virtually. Hey, man. Get, give and, me a little uh, sense of normalcy as I'm away. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to be catching up with you. And and boy, partner, I I know uh, you have got plenty that you want to get to because there's been some interesting things that have gone down since you and I mm-hmm. uh, last got on the microphones here. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, first off, let's talk about the elephant in the room: the Steelers officially hiring Brian Flores as senior defensive assistant, along with being the linebackers coach. Um, Initial thoughts on that, man. I'll let you go first because, you know, I'm a defensive guy and I'm going to be very long winded. (laughs) So I'm trying to extend the floor to you first before I get to talk. (laughs) Sure. Well, I guess so. Initial reaction. Right. Um, And we're obviously a few days out now since. And and how about the? I mean, how about the bombshell? The Steelers just Mm -hmm. dropped on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, Shefty didn't have any nibbles on this. No, uh, Pelissero, no Rappaport. Just listen. I, I went from packing for a flight to da da da. I was like, oh, what is this? <laughs> Le- leg- legitimately, yeah. Like with some of those notifications, you know, the push notifications you get on your phone, uh-huh. some, of the, some of the tweets. I was like, wait a second, like. No, that's that's yeah. got to be a mistake. Wait, that, that yeah. is there? An, wait, hold on. Is there another Brian Flores in the league Correct. that I'm uh, that I'm unaware of? Um, <laughs> right, right. But my initial reaction, other than than that on set, you know, the the first, right. you know, just immediate. Wait a second, they just hired who to 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 mm-hmm. coach to coach what? Um, I think you just got a guy who is a top ten, certainly top fifteen coach in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Just to to be an assistant and to coach a position group, like not even as a coordinator, right. uh, this 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 feels like a heist to me. And, and and now that it's been a few days, right? Um, we've learned kind of how this all went down. That 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 uh, Flores and Tomlin have been communicating and just reaching out for some advice and someone to talk mm-hmm. to and counsel with. And it ended up becoming a, a job for Brian Flores in Pittsburgh. Uh, just pretty crazy how it all went down. And like I said, that's kind of. You know, before we get into any of the details and the yeah. the, the minutia, as we love to. Hey, now you're talking. That was my initial reaction was the Steelers just pulled a heist. They just got one of the best coaches in football, a guy who I think is, like I said, a top 10, at least a top 15 mm. head coach. Yeah. Uh, to, 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 to coach a position group and be an assistant. I, I absolutely love it. He's young. He's outside the organization. Yeah. He's, he's all those things that we've discussed. 
Man, it sounds like you're telling me we got exactly what we've uh, been wishing for, right? Yeah. In the sense of we wanted higher quality assistant coaches. We wanted guys from outside the organization. We wanted a pipeline for a new head coach, potentially, whether that's in the organization or them getting hired outside the organization. We just didn't feel like when we looked at our staff as it was currently situated that we had those things. But Brian Flores definitely addresses all of that. And the thing that I also like about Brian is this. When's the last time we had a high end coach like this come in as a position coach? I think of Mike Munchak, but Mike Munchak wasn't viewed like this until after the fact. Correct. I think of Todd Haley, but Todd Haley came in and went to the coordinator position. So he didn't go back to just being a position coach. So when I think of all of those things, I say to myself, man, this is like you said, a heist. This is one of those things where, you know, you, you you count your blessings and you thank them twice because you don't get guys like Brian Flores on your staff as position coaches. Right. That just does not happen. Not at this stage in the game. Maybe if you're talking 10 years ago when he was in New England before he proved that he can win in spite of the, uh, the, the, the notion to tank or can he win in spite of having his roster depleted because they were trying to acquire more assets for the draft. When I think of that and how he ended both seasons in Miami, winning records back to back first time in a long time that's happened in Miami winning seasons, but not just winning seasons. Look at how he ended those seasons on seven, eight, nine game winning streaks. Also, what, what else do I look at? how he's handled Lamar Jackson in terms of when they faced them of recently. I also think of how he's been able to sweep the New England Patriots. That's not something that we can attest to here in Pittsburgh consistently. (laughs) He's done those things. So when I think of all of that, man, that is just, it is mind blowing. Like you said, to be able to have a guy of that standing, a guy with that type of pedigree as a position coach. But I also like the fact that not, you're not just getting a, overly qualified position coach right here you're getting a leader of men a guy that is in the middle of showing that hey my morals and my values matter that is not something that we could always you know hang your hat on or guarantee at the nfl level just speaking from personal experiences so when you see a guy like brian flores who like you said man is true to his word he is a guy that is going to compete to the full extent of that word, not a guy that could be bribed, not a guy that or allegedly be bribed. Excuse me, throw that out there. Allegedly. Allegedly, air quotes. <laughs> but when I think of that, I say to myself, man, what better guy to be in this organization, right? Than having a guy that knows how to lead, a guy that has integrity, a guy that is not afraid to stand up for what is right, but at the same time doing it in a way that is easier to receive. And I say that because I think of obviously like with Colin Kaepernick, right? We know he was trying to do similar things in terms of stand up for a cause, a cause that was bigger than him. But the method at times was a little bit too heavy handed. And he probably didn't do as best a job as he could have being clear about his intent to play. And we obviously saw how that message got hijacked because of that. Sure. Whereas I feel like with Brian Flores, man, he's been very strategic in this whole process of making it very clear that he still wanted to coach, that he was still extremely passionate about coaching. And even though he was suing the NFL because of the grievances, he still made it very, very clear that his desire for coaching in the NFL had not changed in the least bit. And to me, man, when you see that as a former player, you respect the heck out of that. As a, as a guy that, you know, has been in a locker room, 
you you look for guys like that because they're rare at this level. And I just think, man, it, the, the pros for him being here are just a massive, you know, it's, it's yeah. amazing, man. Absolutely. Oh, it, it, it's still, you know, a few days later now, it's still in a way like, wow, you know, like, like it's like surreal. Yeah, this, this, absolutely, this, man. This, this really happened, right? Because you're right that, you know, to get a guy with this kind of pedigree as a as a position coach, just with no other qualifiers, right? To, right. to get a guy like Brian Flores as a position coach is a is a wow, is a surprise. And then you kind of, you know, all the other things that you just laid out as well, too. It's it's a lot to chew on. It's a lot to process. It does. That's a good word, surreal. No, seriously, um, man. That you use. But yeah, I I think, you know, you and I have used that phrase before that you just used there a moment ago, leader of men. And yeah. I, I think that definitely ap- applies to Brian Flores. He's still only 40 years old. Which is for a guy that's been like he's still young for coaching age, right? Oh, absolutely. Especially as a head coach, like come on, forty forty in coaching years is like twenty twenty (laughs) twenty three in athlete years. Yeah, I I mean you're like you're just about to hit the you know to hit the peak. Because we said fifty is the sweet spot. We know that fifty is the sweet spot. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, He is a guy. Some of the things that that you touched on too. I mean, first back to back winning seasons in Miami in two decades that that organization had. And one thing that I really like about that is if you look at the three years, just the the steady improvement. And you mentioned that that's something his teams did throughout the season. They always got Mm -hmm. better. That's team. That's things that his team did year to year to year in Miami. That lets you know that he's a leader of men. And what was really impressive to me, Motsi, I was um, looking some more into this Monday, and. His defenses, uh, his his rosters, I should say. Let's start roster first before we go to defenses. Mm-hmm. His roster in Miami in 2019 was the youngest in the league. Yeah, you know they 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 mm-hmm. had a they had a, a they were the youngest roster in the league. They had traded away Laramie Tunsil. They had they had traded Stills, away all of those guys. Yeah, absolutely, a, a few of their mm-hmm. veteran established guys. Of course, we know yeah. Minka was part of that group, but he was he was still younger. Mm-hmm. Um, Youngest defense in the league in 2019, second youngest, or sorry, youngest roster in the league in 2019, second youngest roster in the league in 2020. Yet he yeah. was able to take those young, inexperienced guys and have that improvement to go from one of the worst teams in the league where it looked like they were trying to lose games at times mm-hmm. and now it all makes sense, you know, three years later. We yeah. all remember that Monday night game and the defensive call at the end of the second quarter where Deontay Johnson scored like the 40-yard touchdown. Seriously. <laughs> we, all, we all remember, Arthur Motes. We remember. Um, we remember that. His, his teams were incredibly young. And despite not, you know, inheriting a defense that had Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt, right. and, you, you know, all pro mm-hmm. established guys. I know it had Minka when he first got there, but he wasn't right. But Minka, Minka wasn't Minka was back a, then. Yeah, a, a multiple time All Pro at this point already. Correct. His defenses got better and better and better. His teams got better and better despite being so young, despite having yep. so much working against him, an organization that was trying to lose and was trading away Minka and Tunsil and still isn't getting mm-hmm. rid of their best players. His defense went from 30th in the league out of 32 teams, obviously, we all know in terms of yards, dead last Motsi in points allowed per game to they went top five in points per game and they were 16th overall in yards allowed per game. And again, he's doing this in an unstable organization with the the youngest roster in football. (laughs) Like it's, dude. It's it, again. Well, it's, it's just it, it, surreal say, think that about you've this, got this guy as an assistant, as a position coach. Seriously, and I would even go as far as to say this: not just the youngest roster. We're not going to sit here and act like we were talking about the Miami Dolphins as if they were this, you know, plethora of. 
talent right. down right. there they're, just they're, because they're they were the young. LA Rams or they're, no, they're no, they were the right. They were young and not really loaded with talent offensively, defensively. But yet and still, he found a way to get the best out of those guys. And I also like the fact that it's very easy for players to quit on coaches when their teams are losing. Mm-hmm. You think about how Miami started out when he got down there. It was rough early on in those in the first half of the seasons, back to back years. But the one thing that we can point to is that his team never quit on him because you don't end seasons on those no. type of winning streaks back to back years. That does not happen if you're quitting on a team. That doesn't happen if you don't believe in this coach anymore. His message has gone stale. And when I think of that, I, I ask myself, man. We've had Coach Tommy here for a while, but at the same time, the pros and cons to longevity is this. Sometimes you can become complacent or sometimes the message gets redundant, whereas now you bring in a fresh message, a highly respected guy. Because Terrell Austin, as a defensive coordinator, obviously he's going to have a fresh set of ideas and how he communicates, but he's still been in-house. So that verbiage, that language, the lingo that they speak are still going to be familiar when Brian Flores coming in, he's going to speak a totally different language. He's going to have a totally different way about him in terms of how he motivates, in terms of how he coaches, in terms of how he teaches. And ultimately for me, I just think that sometimes having a fresh set of concepts, a fresh voice, sometimes, man, guys just respond better to that. And it's not an indictment on whoever, whoever was there before him, but it's just the nature of it. You know, when you're hearing the same thing over and over from the same person with the same delivery, sometimes you need a little bit different of an approach. And I just think with Brian Flores coming in as a highly respected head coach already, it's like, man, I just think that this is going to be a huge benefit for this defense as a whole, man. But what yeah. I wanted to ask you was this though, man, with you know, the situation being that we literally just promoted Terrell Austin to defensive coordinator. And obviously the reports that came out from Keith Butler about Coach Tomlin calling the defense. How do you envision this power dynamic working when you bring in a guy like Brian Flores? Because we obviously know his background is in defense and, you know, he's excelled at it in certain aspects. So how do you vision these three guys working together in the hierarchy of it? Now, this is an interesting conversation, right? Absolutely, baby. Um, <laughs> you know, on, on Monday, I filled in for Stan Saverin and mm-hmm. and 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 one of the because, you know, hey, he gets he get Godfather gets collars, baby. Oh, you better believe he does. Somebody asked, uh, you know, do you see any type of power struggle or do you see any type of yeah. potential conflict between mm-hmm. Terrell Austin and between Brian Flores? So I have had a little bit yeah. of time to, to think about good, that. Good, good. Absolutely. I, I don't think. In an, with an organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers that you have to worry about that. And mm. and what I mean by that is, you know, if you, you harken back, remember when like Mike Tomlin was asked about college jobs or the USC yep. job mm-hmm. and, 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 and he said, there's not a booster with a big enough check. And I have got Correct. one of, if not the best jobs in sports. Right. You and I know the shelf life of, of coaches normally and really yeah. just front office people as well, too, in sports, mm-hmm. but especially in the NFL. It's it's really yeah. short. Very true. But not with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's like you you get mm-hmm. the, you get those jobs. You're there for like you're like a Supreme Court justice. No, seriously, Rose. dude. If, absolutely. If, if, if you get a job with the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and you want to stay with the organization and you don't leave. They, they put the long and longevity. That's what they do. <laughs> We we literally, I mean, now we've had we're we're going to have to replace Kevin Colbert and we're going to have to replace Ben Roethlisberger. But aside from the owner, the biggest power players in your organization, your general manager, your head coach, 
your your quarterback until this offseason. It was 2007 was the last time mm-hmm. we had a change in that regard. Uh, uh, why I'm pointing all this out and going there is because I don't think there's people in the Steelers organization, coaches that are looking over their shoulder and think they're being micromanaged and who's yeah. in charge here and who's got that power there. Mike Tomlin's securing his job. Like he said, I got the best job in sports. And we've no had, question. We've had three head coaches since the Beatles were on tour, Arthur Motes. I, I, I don't think Terrell Austin is worried about that. I don't think Brian Flores is worried about that. I know Mike Tomlin isn't. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, Motsi, they're, they're too professional. They have too high of a standard to dabble in that pettiness. Yeah, so no, I, I would definitely I don't, agree. I just don't, I, I'm not, I was not concerned about that for one second. Yeah, yeah for me, man, um, put it like this. Could it be a little bit of a power struggle? I don't think so. But at the same time, could it be some competitiveness? Absolutely. Sure. I think, I think if people don't think that Terrell Lawson is feeling pressure right now, you're lying to yourself. Because if you're Terrell Lawson and you're realizing that Brian Flores is just hired, you're saying to yourself, hey, if I was making this decision, who would I make as DC? Uh, he's more qualified than I am right now. He's had more success than I have right now. So, yeah, he definitely understands that. But at the same time, I think that because the timing of everything and obviously on the heels of what Brian Flores is dealing with in terms of his uh, lawsuit against the NFL, I just think that them being able to work together, them being able to ultimately build that trust, that bond I think that that's ultimately what's going to come from this yeah. because you're not having Brian Flores coming in here saying simply that, hey, I'm trying to get this D.C. job, not, you know, in the sense of how it is right now, where it's, hey, you're here solely because of, we you know, the laws was going on and you really weren't going to have another opportunity anywhere. I just think that that really takes the edge off and it will make those two guys kind of, like I said, work in concert versus solely being combative against each other. But I do hope and I do believe that they will push each other because Terrell is going to want to prove that he's qualified. He's going to want to prove that he was better than the guy that came before him. He's going to also want to prove that, you know, you shouldn't even consider Brian Flores over him this year, next year, or anywhere in the future. But at the same time, you're Brian Flores, you're going to be trying to show that, hey, even though I don't call the defense, if I'm in control of the linebackers, they're going to be the best unit out here. If I'm the senior defensive assistant, every time we go in here to talk and scheme and have our hands in terms of just the ultimate development of the game plan, I'm going to make sure that my you know concepts, my recommendations are the best in the building. And I ultimately think that because of that competitiveness that those two guys will have going back and forth, that it is going to lead to way better results from this defense, more consistency from this defense, because you're going to have all of these guys working together to ultimately prove how great this unit can truly be, because we do feel like they have a ton of pieces already in place. We do feel like they have a lot of goods in house. Now, granted, we know that they're going to have to add some pieces here or there, but as a whole, we do feel extremely confident about this unit, especially when we think about on the other side of the ball and some of the question marks they have right now. Yeah, no, I I think that's well said, and and I'm with you 100. percent We we talk about it all the time, right? Uh, yeah. You used to you used to make this joke a lot when we first started doing the shows together. Steelers want competition everywhere except for at the quarterback position. Uh, everywhere except quarterback. Yep. Now, Motsi, maybe they wanted a quarterback too. You know? Well, that's, I mean, I mean, you, different... you listen to Mister, you listen to Mister <laughs> Colbert speak. You know? Yeah. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, I know. Yeah, Mister Mister Colbert with the. Uh, 
the the match to the gasoline of Steeler Nation. I was gonna say, man, he 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 just came in here and was like, you know what, guys, I got a little lighter fluid. Y'all got the matches. Let's have a party. It's <laughs> not like, about money. Uh, it's right. about sending a message. <laughs> let me you know this. <laughs> let me ask you this real quick though, because. I was thinking about this. You said this at the beginning of the segment. You mm-hmm. mentioned how Brian Flores has been very clear um, in, in in these weeks since his his lawsuit, you know, was was yeah. was made public, was announced. Doesn't matter if he's been on ESPN or the NFL Network or anywhere mm-hmm. in between, Fox Sports One, wherever. He's yeah. been very he's been very clear. I I, I want to be a head coach in the NFL again. Mm-hmm. Does does that maybe play any role in? quelling potential conflict there because like Terrell Austin, he doesn't think Brian Flores is coming for his job. He knows Brian Flores is trying to catch a bigger fish in the next couple years. Yeah. Um, put it like this. That is, I mean, that's a really good question, but first off, I think of it in the sense of if you're Terrell Austin, granted, we know Brian Flores goal is to get back to be a head coach, but at the same time, we also have to understand that with the current lawsuit that he has going on, the likelihood of that happening in the next two to three years, I find very, very small. Because the lawsuit's going to take time to play Absolutely. Out. And we also know the NFL, they don't like to be sued. And I personally felt like the only organization that would give this type of opportunity would be Pittsburgh because of Mr. Rooney. And obviously the Rooney rule and understanding what he stands for in contrast to some of these other owners out here, it just made perfect sense. But for Brian Flores, he understands that, hey, I'm not going to just jump from senior defensive assistant slash linebacker coach to being a head coach in these next couple of years while I have this on my resume in terms of this lawsuit. But what you can very well become is a defensive coordinator again. And if you're Terrell Austin, that's the part where you feel that pressure that I was referring to sure. because, you know, OK, he might not be it this year. But if we have a bad season. What, exactly. What about next year? What if we had two bad seasons? He's still on the staff. What about the year after that? Those are the parts. Those are some of the areas of concern that if you're Terrell Austin, you have to be a little bit more alert to. But like I said, I still think that can be healthy because it's ultimately going to push Terrell to be his best self. And that's ultimately what we want. But I just don't think that Brian is going to be able to just hop back to that head coaching uh, candidacy in a year just because we know this is going to take time. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's kind of another thing that that people have been wondering too is 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 Brian Flores here for a cup of coffee or is he here for the right. long haul? I don't think it has to be one of those polar like right. I don't think it has to be What well, I was going to say would you have gone. the issue? I was going to say would you even have the issue if it was a one year or Heck was no. a two year situation? Cuz that means he did a really good job. I would and agree. Isn't, and isn't that one of the things that that some of the Mike Tomlin detractors always complain yeah. about those? Well, look mm-hmm. at how many look at how many Belichick coordinators and assistants yeah. have, been, have been plucked away. But look at Sean Sean McVay was coaching against one of his own former mm-hmm. assistants in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It, this this could be the opposite of that, you know. And again, yeah. it doesn't have it doesn't have to be maybe necessarily that he's here for just a year and he's gone. It also doesn't have to mean that Brian Flores is here for the next decade and he replaces Mike Correct. Tomlin. Maybe it's maybe it's somewhere in between. Right, and I really think it could be in that capacity, in that vein, some, somehow, some way, because like you said, with Brian Flores, is he a good enough guy that he could, he should be a head coach 100%, but we just know how the NFL works. I mean, we've seen it. Colin Kaepernick's situation was a prime example. And granted people, like I said, has hijacked it and they try to spin it however they want. But at the end of the day, we know what took place 
with that. You're not going to tell me that he wasn't talented enough to be a backup. Like, stop. That's a lie, you know? And you've but talked about how this happens, too, in terms of, like, it happens just a position lot, man. groups and draft yeah, picks and how well, this guy was man. a first-round pick and you were a six-round pick. So, so absolutely. He's spin over. Like it's, the, the, those are the politics associated with it, man. There's politics at, at mm-hmm. every level from on the field yeah. to, to up in the owner's boxes. Yeah, without a doubt, man. Without a doubt. But, like I said, man, the biggest thing, though, that I do like is – if you're doing that in an organization like Pittsburgh, this is the place for it. This is a place where the leadership is there. This is a place where it starts with the ownership being a good person, not just a good owner, just a good person. Yes. Things like that are ultimately why I think that this is going to be a success. Why I think that Brian Flores coming here is a great opportunity, but man, I wish we didn't have to get ready for a break. Otherwise, but we keep this conversation <laughs> going. So for, 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 you know, purposes of not being fined, Ah, what we'll do is well, we can keep we do the conversation our, going. Just, no, 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 because it's just no, no, this ain't doing you ready? No, no, see, you messing it up. I was doing my showbiz tease. You jumped the gun, man. This is a most souls Wednesday, man. You do your you do your <laughs> West tease on Mondays and Fridays. Show all right, on Wednesday, showbiz. this is my show. Okay, this is what I do. Show with that being said, <clears throat> next segment, you know, we're gonna have to talk about <gasps> just in terms of. What does this mean for Devin Bush? What does this mean for this defense? And should we be concerned about Minka Fitzpatrick relationship with Brian Flores? Because obviously we know how they departed, but we'll get to that when we get back from this break. As always, it is Arthur Moses and Wesley Euler on Steelers Nation Radio.